What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 61, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, founder numero dos, Ben. Way too much cream. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh, incredible. Uh, Justin, how are you, sir? Good, man. Good. Glad to be back. Oh, that's wonderful. Hey, did you just see that? That figure parachuting in on the uh, on the runway. What's going on over there? Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the outfielder podcast. Number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello, gentle folk. How are we? <laughs> Doing well, man. Sad to not all be in the same place this time. I know the last episode we we recorded was a hell of a lot of fun for sure, but good good to be back on the air. I'm glad that after all three of us being together in the same room, you're still willing to call us gentle folk. That was quite a way, quite an intro. I liked it. I could have been nicer, but I felt like that was nice and medium. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was over the top nice, but it wasn't nasty. No. Yeah. No. If anything, uh, I want to give um, Justin's wife credit for passing along the leftover pizza from our last mm. meeting. I fed that to my kids the next day, and they were very appreciative. <laughs> awesome. Recycling the pizza. I love it. Uh, that's awesome. You forgot your second LaCroix here, Ben. You know, I was thinking of an ad read around, like, Jonathan LaCroix flavored wow. water, but I just mm. couldn't make it work. So uh, We'll find that. We'll figure out how to make that work. Yeah, no, I'll save it for you. It's going to be it's going to be sitting here waiting for you. Just just on the same coffee table like oh, yeah. collecting dust. That's where it is now. Yeah, no, but I'll have it here for you next time. But it was Thank a lot you. of fun. I'm glad that we got to all get together in person and hopefully whenever Sam comes back to town for maybe like a Saturday at the ballpark sometime throughout the summer, we can uh, do it again. Definitely. Absolutely. Very excited. Speaking of that, we have our very first one of those this weekend, Sam. Ooh. Yeah, so we're we playing. So we're going out to the ballpark for the A's game on Saturday, and we have like at least twelve or thirteen people that are coming out just right now, and then there are definitely people that are kind of trying to figure things out. There's also kind of shitty weather projected on on Saturday, so it's kind of so the A's fans won't show up. No, they never do. But I'm excited. Sparkling Sterling weather. <laughs> True. Which is nice. That's the one nice thing about the A's ballpark. Well, yeah. I mean, silver lining. Yeah. But we're excited about it. I think we're going to have a good time. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited about the fact that they have almost like a patio area where you can like kind of grab tables and stuff. So with any luck, J-Mac and I are going to set up tables and microphones and then make it to where you know, people can come out and get to know the outfielder and get to know Sensibly Loud Media. So we're excited about that. Yeah, we're going to be out there no matter what happens. So we, you know, invite everybody to come out and join us and, you know, have a few beers, talk some baseball and whatnot. We're going to be out there. I think uh, the only thing that would keep us from recording live specifically is just the rain. So probably not going to put expensive equipment out there during the rain. But, you know, if it clears up, we'll do it. That's right. Lots of wireless talk and all that. So can't wait for it. We got to finalize the uh, the Colorado trip this week. Whenever we get off the air here, so we'll do that too. So that'll be exciting. First weekend in April, or uh, excuse me, August. Much fun. Yes, indeed. Well, Ben, who is sponsoring the pod today? Yeah, let me see if I can find uh, find the old notes on the old teletype here. Let's see what's happening. 
Is your park looking lackluster? Do you wish there were more convenient locations to answer nature's call? Are you tired of walking your Weimariners down for the length of a 5K with no apparent locations to give those hammies a rest? Well, look no further than Johnny Benches, Johnson Benches. You're home for porcelain and park benches alike. Reach out now for 15% off their swings and stalls specials. Back to you, Sam and Justin. <laughs> Poopers and sitters. I'll give you the applause, though. Good work. Well Thank done. you very much. Do you know more about Johnny Bench? I know that I put way too much time trying to figure out what type of dog our presumed listener would be walking, and so I landed with Weimariners. Do you do a lot of uh, industry analysis on that, market analysis? How do we wind up with that breed? I do so much market analysis, I say, shaking my head so fast that I get whiplash. You just ended up in the gray area, so you chose the grayest dog there was. That's good. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, and no, not to gloss over what, what J-Max said, uh, Johnny Bench, baseball Hall of Famer, former Cincinnati Red, almost about the same time good old Charlie Hustle was playing, right? Wasn't he a teammate of Pete Rose? Sure. I don't what, know much what, about him. <laughs> that was the least believable sure I've ever heard. <laughs> Sure itself is like a very, you know, non-committal answer. Why would I commit to something like this? You're telling me about it. I asked you. Well, I'll have I, you know, Johnny Bench Johnny Bench has a career war of 75.2. Uh, we're talking career batting average at 267, 1,376 RBIs, OPS of 817. How long was his career? Uh, we're looking at... 67 to 83. Okay. That's a good amount of RBIs. Yeah, that's that's really not a bad career at all, actually. That's really good. I'm a big That's downright above average. <laughs> His um that was that's terrible. His season average for RBIs is 103 RBIs per per season. Oh, yeah, that's average of 29 homers a year. Average. Ooh, nice. At that time, too. That's pretty damn good numbers. All right. Well, we can be fans of Johnny Bench now. I don't know if we're ever really going to be some fans of something Cincinnati, though. That's kind of a problem. I actually, uh, spoiler alert, I may get a chance to go catch a ball game in Cincinnati this June. Oh. Ooh. We're going up to Columbus, Ohio to see some, some family friends of ours, and we're kicking around the idea of maybe making a day trip down to a Reds game, depending on schedules. But With great stats like that, is it fair to presume that a man like Bench would likely sit out a month uh, into the season and then, you know, wait for the right contract size? Or or do we feel like, you know, that, that seems wildly inappropriate? <laughs> seems wildly inappropriate. That's just what we're doing now, apparently, though. We're Whatever just, are you referencing, back. Sam? Our oh. inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, I'm thinking about Dallas Keuchel and uh, Craig Kimbrell, two of the, you know, better pitchers who are active right now, and they are both jobless. I haven't really heard much about any activity on either of them, which is really odd. I saw that Kimbrell was in talks a little bit with Milwaukee last week, but that kind of died out pretty fast. He's the one I'm more surprised about. I feel like Keuchel hasn't been as good ever since he came back from being injured a couple years back. It's fair. The latest I've heard on Keuchel is that he is waiting for a very high-dollar short-term deal or a longer-term, low-dollar deal, hmm. um, like a annually, like high annual, low, low, 
number of years or long number of years, lower number of annual dollars. Um, And it's another Scott Boris guy. So, you know, probably holding out a little bit too long at this point, considering the season's already started. So a few different notes. Um, You're right. The most recent data on Kimbrel shows Milwaukee, but the odds are getting less and less. So far, Keuchel, it's just the standard. Here's what it would cost for the Mets to sign Keuchel. Should the Padres sign Keuchel? Like it's, it's all those sort of headlines. There's nothing indicating, oh, they're in talks with, you know, whoever. I could name two teams who would do very well by signing Dallas Keuchel. And we happen to know a lot about both teams. One is the Texas Rangers because Edison Volquez uh, went on the DL and now is considering retirement. The other team is the Boston Red Sox, who are downright hot trash, and their rotation is like second to last in the league in ERA. So, oh, I've got some more to- sample size, but they could probably sign that guy and be better. I've got more to talk on that whenever we go through around the diamond here in a few minutes. So we'll we'll get there. I a hundred percent probably agree, but. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Load, load the ammunition. We'll get to it. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that about uh, Volquez that he was thinking about retiring, though. He's 35. He's had yeah. two Tommy Johns. Now he has another elbow injury. Okay. Um, he's been poop. So I think the speculation is, um, hey, fun. dude, you might need to retire. Yeah. No, and that's fair. I just hadn't heard that talk. But I, didn't, I don't think I realized that he had had two Tommy John surgery. Would y'all love to be able to retire at the age of 35? Yeah, that'd be great as long as my elbow wasn't going to fall off. Could we so get a right, little more specific? Okay, so in that case, J-Mac, if right now you could lose your arm from the right elbow all the way down, but never have to work a day in your life. All right, let's not. Let's be careful here. Let's be careful here. Yes, sign me up. I'm in. Let's yeah, do I'll do it. it. Why I, not? Can, I can mow the lawn with one arm. I got this. <laughs> I can still hold a beer. Mow the lawn? That's where Sam goes. I can Very hold a- therapeutic for me. Two things then. One, since we talked about lawn care and both of y'all have purchased homes in the last 12 months, I got to say, when y'all are mowing your lawn, what makes the lawn stand apart from your neighbors? The fact that I mow mine, that helps. That's good. Yeah, mine would be the type of grass, which is very nice grass. Okay, y'all are, I'm, I don't mean to suburban dad scoreboard on you, but the fact that neither of you first went to edging all the way, edging makes the yard. Yeah, well, I definitely no. do that every time. You don't do that, okay. Sam? I do that, but that's not what makes my yard. It definitely makes a difference, though. It looks sloppy otherwise. No, that's I right. mean, everyone around me gets people to do their lawn professionally, and that's fine, but... My grass is the nicest breed of, of grass. It might be the finest breed of grass. Wow. Mm. Grass and then lesson. second, Sam, since you brought up opening beers with one hand, do you have a wine recommendation for the evening? Because it wouldn't be an outfielder podcast without you recommending a, a soft rosé. Yeah, I'm going to go with a fine, cool, crisp Sauvignon Blanc. Um, any bottle under $12 is going to be a good bet. Um, it's starting to heat up here in Atlanta. I can only imagine it's the same across the South. So stay cool with a nice white, eat some chicken or some seafood with that white, and you're going to be good to go. There you go. That's a strong recommendation. That's good. Let me give you a second, Bell. Well done. <laughs> this is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this 
breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. All right. This week's piece of shit comes from the Silver Boot rivalry. Um, it is the umpire who was coaching the, or who was a uh, refereeing. What the fuck is the term for that? Umpiring? Umpiring. Officiating? Umping. This is the umpire who was officiating the game versus the Rangers versus the Astros the other day. Ron Culpa. Oh. Ron Culpa um, has historically worse numbers during games calling balls and strikes against the Astros than any other team. Hmm. And then uh, during a game uh, very, very recently, Ron Culpa made some very terrible calls uh, at, at the play, calling balls and strikes. He was calling balls, uh, strikes that were far too inside against Jose Altuve and, Al- and Correa, Carlos Correa. He um, eventually got chirped at by the uh, the coach on the Astros side, Alex Cintron, and then eventually A.J. Hinch. He threw both of them out, and then the cameras caught uh, Culpa lipping, like saying the words, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. To, oh, to no. AJ Hinch, which is like not true in any facet of this this no. person's life, let alone where where he works on on the MLB field, calling terrible terrible balls and strikes, then saying I can do whatever I want, and he threw him out. Uh, go fuck yourself, Ron Culpa. You need to be a better umpire. So I have some numbers on his uh, general performance. He gets statistically ninety three to ninety four percent of his balls and strikes calls correctly. Okay. And during Astros games, he's in like the mid 80s percentile wise. Wow. So wow. Pretty, pretty far below average when he's calling Astros games. So when he's calling Astros games, does it go against both teams or 85% against the Astros and still in the 95% against the, the opposing team? It's against the Astros. Yeah. I should have been more clear. Do you know what what around the average is just in general for getting balls and strikes right? Ooh, I don't know I the know actual that. average, but I've got to think it's somewhere in that in that like low mid nineties range. Yeah, ninety four is pretty damn good, but that's crazy that against the Astros, it's hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I in in the in in the era of high tech slow mo cams, you better cover your mouth when yeah. you're saying something like that. I don't know if uh, are there are any basketball fans out there. There was a LeBron James and Kevin Durant conversation going on, and they were both very much hush-hush covering their mouths, being very careful to make sure nobody could see what they were saying. If you're an umpire, you better be goddamn careful about what you say because the MLB is very likely to punish him for saying that. Because mm-hmm. they're supposed should. to be impartial and you know very fair and be, <laughs> being uh, authoritarian and saying, I can do whatever the fuck I want um, is not going to you know, win you the praises of your, your boss or the league or any team managers. Has MLB said anything about this yet? Not that I'm aware of. I think people are calling for the MLB to take action. So would that come in the form of the MLB sort of asking him for a mea culpa? Hey-o. Hey. 
I, I don't understand. I, I, it just feels like one of those things where the league isn't going to do dick about it, even though they should. This just We're talking about Major League Baseball here. They tend to fuck things like this up. Not quite as bad as the NFL, but I agree. I don't, th- I don't expect them to do anything. They, he might have a sit-down with his superior, whoever that guy is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have written warnings. I, you know, he's not going to serve a suspension or get a fine or anything, but someone, no one's uh, going to do nothing. I'm sure he'll get a sit-down and be like, hey, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. That's, bu- that's a bunch of bullshit. It really Maybe is. it'll come up at his annual review. Yeah. Oh, God, you don't want that. <laughs> He's going to make 2% less because of that. <laughs> but I mean, Or maybe only 2.5% more instead of that normal ooh, 5. There you go. I was looking at, like, or I was thinking about this because I remember even just a few years ago, like, pitchers and catchers started putting their glove up in front of their face when they talked. That wasn't always a thing until just a few years ago. It's true. I mean, it I wasn't actually have some a funny. Cases, but... Sorry, Ben. Oh, go ahead. I didn't say anything. Go ahead, Sam. I will go ahead and tell a funny story that is related to people reading lips, if that is okay. Go for it. Please. It is not related to baseball at all. So um, my dad, when he was in college, he played center uh, for a college team very briefly. His, his friend broke his back eventually, and he quit to just focus on school or whatever. But at the time uh, that he was on the team, this was, I'm going to say sometime in the 70s, there was a deaf player on the team with my father mm-hmm. and he would very often stand right next to the head coach mm-hmm. on his team and he would read the lips oh, yeah. of the coaches across the entire football field and then tell the coach sitting right next to him, here's the play they're going to run. Mm-hmm. And then two years after that, they started covering their mouths. And I don't know if this is the genesis of coaches covering their mouths and this is just an anecdote, and it could be totally made up, but I, I super enjoy that. I like it. I think he was responsible. We'll just say it. You got to think it had to start with that, right? I mean, somebody had to be looking at that guy's mouth to figure out what he was saying. Well, and I think and whether your, it was a deaf player on the other team, who knows? I think to your point, though, I think it's mostly just that cameras are better, TVs are better, all that now. And well, now, yeah, you know. So, but anyway, well, I guess yeah. At the time, that's a good point. Ben, what is your uh, POS corner of the week? So I have two of them. Would you like my baseball one or my non-baseball one? Non-baseball. non-baseball. Yeah. Ah. Non, non-baseball. So I walk out of a store today. It's the same store featured in uh, a blog to be published very soon on sensiblyloud.com where I buy discounted clothing. That's not important, though. What is important is I walk out and there's this, you know, a standalone coffee shop where it's like a super tiny, like little hut where it's a drive through only. And maybe there's like yep. a picnic table outside. Sure. Okay. What year is it? 2019. Okay. So because it's 2019, can either of you come up with a reason why that coffee shop was blaring Lou Bega's Mambo number five? Attention. That is upsetting. What time was this at? 3.30 in the afternoon when Sam initially thought we were going to do the podcast. You were out listening to Mambo Number Five. No wonder I was trying. I was trying to avoid Mambo Number Five. It happened to be played into my universe. I'm happy if I go the next decade with never hearing that song again. Is it your universe, Ben, or do we share it? Mm, good question. Wow, that's deep. That's meta of you. We'll have an existential crisis in the next episode. Come in for sixty-two, where Ben has a breakdown. I hope that's the first. 
<laughs> the very first episode that a lot of people listen to right after Saturdays at the ballpark and Ben's just having an existential crisis. Well, I have it every week. It just it just plays out more on episode 62. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. All right. What's your baseball related? All right. Baseball related. So traditionally, when it comes to baseball caps, I am very, very picky. And I have found my like brand. So this is not a paid advertisement. If they want to pay us, they're more than welcome to, but they might not want to after this segment. We'll accept payment. 47 brand ball caps, Mm -hmm. franchise series fitted. That is my jam. It's a nice fit. It's a good, not too high of an arc. You got a real good curve in there. You can wear them. They last forever. It's wonderful. However, Whoever runs the 47 brand hat company has decided to turn their entire franchise line to where it's all the adjustable ball caps. No. Exactly. I know my hat size. I know my hat size if it's just small, medium, large. I know if it's normal, you know, seven and three eighths. But what I don't need is this Velcro garbage Mm -hmm. in my life. Okay. I'm 31 years old. I agree with Ben. That needs to end. So I have the ones that are adjustable, not Velcro, though, that are 47. I've always worn those my whole life. They've never bothered me. Like a snapback or the slider? Like the slider. I can respect the slider, but if I, like, throw my hat in the swimming pool, that could take out an eye. I'd argue that the slider is is harder to adjust than the snapback. I don't ever have to adjust it. Then why have an adjustable cap? Because that's that's what they make. I I don't understand. I mean, well, I here's the, the thing. I, this I, is not I, a chicken and egg problem. You know the size of your head by the size that fits. Why bother? The, like they don't make this hat like this style of hat that way. It's a but hat. the thing is, not they should. Thing. They should. Well, so I and I do respect the fact that they should. It's just that's not a me thing. But I absolutely know. I get that. You know, some people do feel that way. It just those okay. don't fit my head right. So ever. it's not a me thing either. If whoever new era 47 nike if if any hat maker decided to cater their business bottle model to what makes me happy when i buy one ball cap maybe once a year then they're going to go out of business so it's not necessarily a me problem either however don't change your line because it's not broken why are you trying to fix it i'm with you there that's fine i don't have any problem with that i'm just saying it's not a me problem business sam agrees okay well, I think you guys will like my POS of the week. Uh, it is the MLB arbitration process in general. Specifically, an interesting story came out this week that we were talking about right before we came on the air. So decided to talk about it on the actual show because that seems to make sense. And we were talking about how it came out this week that there's a like a belt, I guess, like a WWE style belt type thing is what I picture that teams get for being the lo- the team with the lowest amount of arbitration dollars spent. So they get a trophy for paying their players less. Exactly. Which is a really bad look. Yeah, I'm about to grab my banjo off the wall and start playing leftist union songs, and we're going to march down to MLB headquarters. There's almost no chance that whenever the CBA is up that there's not going to be a strike with this kind of shit happening. Agreed. It just, it, That's a big problem. Yeah, like oh that is God. a really shitty thing. So I thought that you were just pulling my leg with the fact that it looks like a championship belt. It legit looks like a championship belt. 
Well, I don't know that. I mean, I, I guess it does. I haven't. I don't think that anybody's actually seen the actual belt. It just got out that that's a thing. Oh, maybe but this that's is what I picture it. I mean, oh, did you find a picture of it? I've well, heard it's might, real. I don't think there's any histrionics to this. It right. might be a different looking belt. That might just be what Google Image shot out to me. Okay, I, I hope it's like a, a Hulk Hogan type belt, though. It seems like it makes the most sense. Doesn't it? I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's it's super strange that they would decide to do that, even though they, you know, publicly say, "Oh, we're we're in favor of spending more money on players, and we're all about player health and player well being." And then they're like, "Oh, hey, the Rays here, <laughs> here's here's the belt." I mean, have the A's just had that belt? How much Oakland dust is on that belt? Is my question. A lot of dust. But again, like I don't know. I'd have to see. Let me see if I can look this up real quick of like what teams have spent in arbitration over the years because like I, I don't know if it's necessarily just goes to the smaller market losing teams there. Yeah, it's a curious um, sort of guardrail they put on the ownership of the belt to only be arbitration dollars because lots of other dollars are spent in, in many other places. So to just single out arbitration, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about why they would choose that. I'm going to get back to you guys on this. I feel like more research needs to be done on the exact, like what that looks like year over year. Because otherwise it seems like it's a deliberate middle finger to the players. Well, yeah, that's my whole point. That's why I put it in the POS corner at all, because it really felt like just the biggest fuck you to the players overall. Like, haha, we can give you less money and we pat each other on the back for doing so. That's about it. Well, one of those things. Yeah, it's it's super bad optics, but I mean... Not everyone knows that they're trying to run a business by saying, let me pay my people the least to get the most productivity out of it. And it's a supply and demand thing. Like it's business. I get that. But to then reward each other with a, I don't know if it's a literal belt or a theoretical belt, but the idea is we're going to, you know, be popping bottles because someone underspent their budget is absolute garbage. Yeah. Right. Not okay. Not at all. And it just, it's one of those things where they I, I just don't know if I trust this league to ever really do the right thing when it comes to stuff like this, because it's just like they shoot themselves in the foot and then try to blame the players more times than not, which is always insane. So yes. at what point, because I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm also trying to check myself because at what point did I start turning to not just Major League Baseball, but professional sports in general as the moral guideline so am i in the wrong for having an expectation of not major league baseball like i mean it could be the nfl it could be you know john oliver had a piece on the wwf the other or the wwe the other day like at what point are we as the consumer of said product to blame for allowing and enabling this type of thing to happen in the early 1900s um people rebelled against there being professional baseball and the public tried to turn away when the national league formed in like 1876 or whatever, because they were super agitated that this pure American game that was created and pure, you can put an asterisk by cause it was still segregated, but this quote, pure unquote, uh, pure game. Now people were being paid to play. And here yeah. we are 140 years later you know, why is this something that I'm looking towards? And granted, I think it should be fair. You know, I'm still mad about the steroid scandal. I'm still mad about the 94 strike. Right. But all that being said, where am I at fault 
for not changing my expectations after I've been fooled so many times. How much can you really care when the guy's making so much money and they're playing a sport that you care deeply about? Like, oh my God, Blake Smanell. Like, I, I'm pissed about Blake Snell because I know that he deserves more, he deserved more money before that big contract signing. But like, I'm not crying any tears for him. Like, he's still making five hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Um, when are we responsible? I mean, if you really care enough, you stop watching the sport. I, for instance, don't care about basketball, so it's easier for me to watch zero games of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, I like watching the tournament. I like betting on the tournament, but I haven't watched a single game. Fuck Makes that. Sense. No, and, and that's a good point, Ben. I mean, at what point do you just say you throw your hands up? But I think, like Sam mentioned it earlier, like the NFL, I mean, does these kinds of things way worse than almost any league out there, if not the worst. For sure. No doubt about that. And there's misstep after misstep, and that's not a talk discussion for this show, but we'll have that discussion at some point. And I still think that Major League Baseball just does these things that makes it look like shit. And somehow it always ends up making them look worse. And like not to to start comparing these incidences and all that stuff, but it just I guess it's because the NFL is so big. It doesn't fucking matter. NFL owns a day of the week, if not multiple days of the week, regardless of what happens. But baseball is not in that in that state. We have Sunday night baseball. OK, awesome. But that's about like that's the staple of baseball. So it's a little bit. How much, different when it comes how much of this is do you think linked to them trying to get in everything they can before a CBA negotiation? I know that the PR of everything they do more more closely to the the cba sort of impacts it uh more intensely but do you think they're just trying to do more bad things before they know that it's going to change or inverse on that maybe the players association is feeding fuel maybe there's not a belt maybe it's a theoretical belt or an email called the belt but they're playing it up in order to um get people on board with the players let me be clear I'm on the side of the players and just about everything. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that makes sense. I, I know what you're saying. It, you got to wonder, like, at what point is this trying to be or the, is it try, is it just getting petty at that point? Like, it just gets kind of ridiculous there. But I mean, you're going to deal with that the, as this unfolds. And I'm sure we'll be right in the middle of it because, you know, this is going to be a huge thing. And if there's no baseball going on, we're going to have little to talk about other than that. And I think about, though, like how heated it's already getting. And we're still a couple years away from this thing. And I mean, Sam, that's a good point about them just trying to cram shit through. Like that's a I mean, they, they've just changed so much. Set precedences. Yeah. But and I think that whenever and I remember Sam and I specifically having this conversation several years ago, whenever Manfred took over and we were kind of excited about, you know, things kind of be different than the Bud Selig era because it was just handled really poorly. And so far. It hasn't been handled much better. It's been handled a little better in some instances, but overall, not great. So I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's getting heated already. Well, in that case, bold prediction. If there is a strike and a walkout or any of it, then this podcast needs to pivot the right way. And I'm going to just start brainstorming that we need to have Sam talk about like a backyard garden where he tells us updates of his tomatoes and, and mm. avocados or whatever it is that you can grow in Georgia. Peaches, probably. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. I thought for sure we were going to pivot to the casket industry. Oh. <laughs> That's a classic. It's already being done, sir. Yeah. 
that damn casket industry thing that just pops up everywhere. Yeah, we should. We'll have some contingent backup plans, but I can't imagine that there's not going to be a litany of things to talk about while all of that's going down and how much there is going to be to chronicle. It's it's going to get wild. I, I'm I'm very much in the belief that they're not going to get any kind of agreement done before it's going to go to a strike situation. Really do. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, talk. Let's see. I, I have a program note if oh, if it's please. allowed. Absolutely. Yes. So you know we call this the piece of shit corner, and there's three there's three of us, and if each of us are going to bring a piece of shit, I think it would behoove us to call this three gripes and we're out. Ooh. No, Ben. <laughs> no. Where's the crickets? That was incredible. <laughs> you know, there are two sets Just of crickets. Just a thought. Just a thought. There are two sets of crickets on the board, uh, just in case I need to get to one of them, because they're always in the, pri- the proper places. Is one of them of the Jiminy variety, and the other are the normal variety? No, unfortunately. Mm. What a, Just what a thinking about joke. your conscience anytime we talk about the MLB ownership. <laughs> exactly. Nailed it. All right. Well, let's do... Around the diamond. One second. Around the diamond. That's right, cats and kittens, where we take you from AL to NL, from east to west, and everything in between as we give you this week's update on baseball. Justin, what's going on in the American League East? We'll just start with the Red Sox then. Starting pitching is absolute hot garbage. And the hitting has not picked up at all yet. Actually, they just won one to zero over the Diamondbacks. So still lost two of three of that series this weekend. Fucking great. Overall, I think that Cora took it easy on them in spring training is kind of what it sounds like. And it seems like that's really backfiring. Yeah, they won 12 games in spring training. They've won three so far. For a week, week and a half in. How many games do they play in spring training? I mean, 12 out of like 40, 12 out of 15. Well, there's split squad games there and stuff like that. So it gets a little bit convoluted, I would say. They were 12 and 17. So their win percentage, and I know it's spring training, was 414. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We expect that out of clubs who are, we know to be good. Their current win percentage is 273. They're going to get it figured out, though. They're just, I mean, it's way too many things. Like I noted down that. Uh, their starting pitchers are 0 and 7 with a 9.60 ERA combined. They're the wow. league's they've the league worst have given up 17 dingers already. So they're just oh. getting their shit rocked when they're going out there. Is the they have very high opponent batting average. They have like one of the lowest starting rotation ERAs, one of the lowest bullpen ERAs. Um, it's not not really coming together in the early like in the first ten games of the season. That's a very low sample size, but um, I mean, my expectations for Boston out of the gate were probably double what they've got. I, I was expecting like six wins out of ten. Well, I was I was teasing Justin. I don't know if it works in baseball, but I'm almost wondering if because they know they have the talent, they know that they're going to be in a good spot, they know that they're essentially going to be in the playoffs. Are they kind of doing like not to bring up basketball, but the Golden State Warriors approach, where they're just going to goof around for the season and then just get hot whenever you get into the tournament? Now, I think that's that, certainly part of it. They're resting their starters, knowing that that extra rest will pay dividends when when they make it in quotes to the 
to the postseason. And yeah. you see yeah. a lot of teams actually sort of doing that same thing this season. Um, but it certainly is it's alarm it's an alarming start for fans, even even with that sort of mentality. But and so to well, Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting, though, that it's every single one of them. It's not like Rick Porcello's got off to a rough start, which he has, or Chris Sale got off to a rough start, which he has. You know, it's not like just one of them. It's all of them, which just leads me to believe they weren't really, they're not ready for the, the, the season yet, which, so I guess they're just working their shit out in the beginning of games, but, like, it's not a great look to start, that's for sure. It also so, I mean, let's fast forward 100 games and say that they have a winning percentage of, like, 650 and they're second in the division yeah and chris sales like you know rolling into form and everyone's looking good that makes that could make alex core look really good yeah. you know you rested him more in the offseason you didn't throw him into the grinder uh in, in spring training and yes they were slow out of the gate but things are looking up as we you know come down the stretch when it matters it matters um, like, right, theoretically, that is that that could be a really good play. I don't think this is necessarily indicative of uh, actual poor performance, like globally. Plus, context-wise, this is how the rest of the ALE shakes out: Tampa is six and three, the Yankees are five and four, Baltimore's four and five, Boston, who we're just talking about, is four games back at three and eight. Toronto is also three and eight. So. There's not. It's not like someone's already running away with it, right? And I'm not. And to bend to your point, I think in what Sam was saying kind of highlights that. I think it's a little bit different in basketball, just because like you have a little bit more control of the flow of things on the court because it's only five guys. You've got to get everybody right and get everybody hot and on the same page in baseball at the right time, which is really tough to do with nine people. But I still think there's a lot of validity to that mentality. You know, anything else in the East jump out to either of y'all worth uh, talking about? The it's early, but I think Tampa Bay looks really good. I mean, they, I know they've jumped ahead of some teams that might be trying to like think forward and you know rounding their team out and getting strong later in the season. But the early indications are Tampa Bay is like still a very strong team. I you know I agree they're, they're looking really good. The Yankees also have a shit ton of people on the D on the I all the I L I all I L is that what it yeah, is? Injured it list? might be worth us diving into the you know what that means now the I L versus the D L like I don't I don't even fully understand it I don't even know how to say it right now I don't like I don't <laughs> I don't like the injured list dude and I do well yes I get that but like also the other thing that kind of confuses me about it is that it's still D L on the fantasy app so that doesn't help me at all correct. <laughs> Um, the Yankees have Miguel Andujar, Aaron Hicks, CeCe Sabathia, Severino, Stanton, Tulowitzki, and Gregorius all on the disabled list right now. That's crazy. Yeah, it's over $100 million in payroll on, on the disabled list, which is more than most teams um, in the East. No, it's just more than Baltimore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one Sad. other note about the Rays, Sam, just to add, they have the best ERA in the league at 2.09. Who boy. Really damn and Blake good. Snell blew his first start. I mean, they must have some other guys really stepping up. Just shutting it down, man. Are they going with the opener thing at all this year? Have you seen yet? I, you know, I haven't watched the Tampa Bay game. I wouldn't be surprised if they continued to do that in the later half of their rotation, but I, I can't confirm it. Got it. Uh, Boston, plays them, Boston plays them in like two weeks, so I'll be able to watch a little bit of it and get back to you. All right, let's look at the Central. Excellent. In the Central, 
at the top, we have the Detroit Tigers. The Kitty Cats are seven and three. Cleveland is six and three. The Minnesota Twins are five and three. Chicago White Sox at three and five. And the lowly Kansas City Royals at two and six. Four games back. Thoughts? My thought is the team at the top is what I have as being the team on the bottom. Yeah. So basically, you replace first place with fifth place. And then that's where I expect the standings to be. So it, it's very strange to see Detroit at the top. They played some really poor teams to begin with. Um, some surprisingly poor teams. They like beat the shit out of the Yankees, question mark? I think that was the Orioles. But not sure of their schedule. I think they, they've gotten lucky. It's too early to say Detroit still sucks. I think they're just still young. They've been in a rebuild for a couple of years now. But Ron, let's not forget Ron Gardenhire is still there. So... How far can that really go? And they Nick took Castellanos yeah. still there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They Next. took two of three from New York. They took three of three from Kansas City. They got Cleveland up next. Okay. Okay. And they opened the season splitting with the Blue Jays. Well, speaking of Cleveland, they're off to a five and three start. Their pitching looks like absolute dog shit, other than Trevor, Trevor Bauer. Bauer. Yeah, who threw what he was what, one out or two out short of a, per, a perfect game? I think he has more starts than hits against. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not surprised by that. He's so I think awesome. he legitimately has, I think he has three starts and like two or three hits. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but it's like, it's really close. It's very low. He's looking super strong for AL Cy Young. Their leading guy on offense right now is Carlos Santana, though. That feels yeah. concerning to me. Well, they've got um, Jose Lindor on the DL, so Jose I'm surprised he could even uh, Santana can even swing a bat after all the guitar slinging he's been doing for 60 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Haven't you dropped that joke before? Yeah. In the show? <laughs> there you go. You know what, Justin? It's a new season. We have new listeners. That Fair. joke was for them. Fair. All right. I liked it. As they're running away, Team Ben. <laughs> Let's talk about the AL West. AL West at the top we have Bill Nye's Seattle Mariners at nine and two, the Texas Rangers at five and four. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The T is for terrific. Houston is uh, even five hundred at five and five. Oakland at six and seven, and the Los Angeles Angels at three and six, five games back. Sam, lead us off. Seattle is mashing the dick off the ball. They have a run differential plus 29. Yeah, over they have a home run in every game so far. It's unbelievable. They're just hitting the shit out of the ball, and their pitching isn't bad. It's yeah. not terrible. Tim Beckham That's... has 11 RBIs. Ryan Healy has 11 RBIs. And Jay they're, Bruce... They're not going to keep that up, though. No. They just Jay won't. Bruce has 10 RBIs, for God's sakes. Oh, yeah. Jay Bruce only hits home runs, though. I think so... his, average, his average is like below 200, but he has like 11 RBI. So uh, Seattle has the best record in the majors right now, and they have the second highest run differential. The only run differential higher are the Dodgers at 30. So they're only one back of the Dodgers when it comes to run differential. Yeah, Seattle will not keep that up. Not at all. Neither will the Dodgers. The Dodgers have hit an amazing amount of home runs that just won't, that won't continue. Indeed. What do you think about the Rangers start so far, Sam? Uh, the Rangers play the Cubs, who are surprisingly total horseshit. Oh, They're man. garbage. <laughs> I've got some great uh, numbers for you when we get there. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, I went to opening day at the Texas Rangers. Um, we unfortunately lost. The Rangers, you know, 
they put up an early fight and then the Cubs just slowly overcame them. And I was like, yeah, we know the Cubs are good. But then the next game I went to was um, the Saturday game and we trounced them. They looked like trash. They looked awful, the Cubs. They made so many weird, like mental mistakes. And, you know, we, we pounced on their terrible, terrible, terrible bullpen and got some, some late home runs to take the win, which was great. But then the next game, I think they gave up six errors. The Cubs had six errors. Yeah. Um, not good. Didn't they it's, lose on a wild pitch? I think that was the game after that. I'm oh, not okay. really sure, but they've just had like an amazing amount of, of like recorded on paper errors and, and mental errors and infield sort of weird like problems. It, they, they look like shit. I saw that team in person. They look like shit. They might've won one game from Texas um, but Texas took the series because they they are playing like trash. The Cubs. Tim Beckham no, I, leads the league in errors with five. I'm just looking here at just the general. There's a lot more. I I figured that more people on the Cubs would be on here because it does feel like they've had just a crap ton of errors. That team looks like absolute dog shit. I'll they had six in one game, and then the next game they were here in Atlanta. Um, and the first time that an Atlanta batter was up to bat, it must have been Ender Inciarte or Marcakis or something. Um, you know, grounder to center field. It was going to be a single right through the legs of Jason Hayward for an error. And so it was like, you just came off a sixth error game, and the first play of the game on defense for you, you, you give up an error. So I've just got to think that Joe Madden said, I'm done having fun with you guys and promoting a good culture. We're going to do nothing but defensive drills for like seven weeks. One would hope so. Anyway, so that's about the Cubs. The Rangers look fine. It's like a bunch of misfit toys, like stringing together a bunch of home runs. It's nice. So far, so good. Gallo is still struggling with the strikeouts, though. But yeah, that's no surprise. We lost Edison Volquez. He's on the 10-day DL. Nomar Bazzara um, looks really stru- good so far. Huh? Nomar Bazzara looks really good so far. Big chill, getting it done. Lazar looks good. I'm also impressed by the new third baseman. Who's that? Joey Gallo? As Rubel Cabrera. Oh, right. Yeah. Where's Joey Gallo playing now first? I think they've had him move around a bit. I thought saw him in center one day last, last week. Well, Guzman's out now. I expect Gallo to be at first quite a lot. So we've lost Guzman, who was sort of an up-and-coming young guy who's going to be maybe one, one and one-half notches above average. Um, he's out, and then we lost, you know, a mainstay in our uh, rotation, Edison Volquez. Um, he's had two Tommy Johns. He's 35. We're not going to be, you know, expecting him to do wonderful things anytime in the future for us. Y'all have any other thoughts in the West? Uh, any concerns about the Angels or Houston? Or are y'all feeling pretty decent? Angels pitching bad. 391 staff ERA, negative Oof. eight run differential. Three and six start. Matt Harvey stinks out loud. Astros, Altuve's got off to a slow start. George Springer's definitely leading the team in hits and RBIs, which seems strange. Carlos, the Astros Correa will still take it. it. Yeah, for sure. They'll they'll pick it up. They're just slow. Chris Davis with the K is mashing home runs like nobody's business. He's got five already. Indeed. All right, let's move on to the NL East. Awesome. So in the NL East, in first place, we have the Philadelphia Phillies at six and two. The New York Metropolitans at six and three, Atlanta in third at five and four, 
the Washington team, four and four, and the Miami Marlins at three and seven in fifth place. Thoughts? Philly's mashing the dick off the ball, and uh, they also have really good pitching. So I'm not surprised to see them at the top. They've got Bryce Harper. They've got this renewed vigor with Harper and McCutcheon. Uh, Reese Hoskins is just crushing. He's walking all the time and hitting a lot of dingers. Um, that's a good team. The Mets, uh, I'm going to defer to Jimmy Midtown, but I'm pretty sure he would he would say nothing but wonderful things and say they should be 9-0. and They'll come back down uh, to reality. <laughs> Atlanta's fine. Their pitching is kind of poop. Um, and their offense hasn't really heated up. So, you know, then there's Washington, Miami. So, I think uh, Philly definitely stands out the most here did you happen to see sam that uh or ben i guess did you happen to see that original offer that they slipped to harper during the rain delay when they gave him the 10 years 300 million that was deferred out to like 2072 that actually made me investigate what uh deals look like in major league sports i didn't quite understand that money could be deferred out so long that it like it, you know, inflation makes it not matter any longer. Yeah, it's the Bobby um, Bonilla I didn't thing. Quite, I didn't get that. That was that what made, spurred me to look that up. And that's weird. Yeah, Scherzer was the first one to really, really embrace that in the recent era for big contracts that we've seen as of late. And it's kind of gone from there. But it's the whole Bobby Bonilla thing. It's, you know, I want to feed my family's family kind of thing, you know, and that kind of deal, I guess. But someone like Bryce Harper's like, I want my fucking money now. And I kind of get that, too. Yeah, when I when I had read that, it it made a lot more sense that he held out for the best possible deal now. Yeah, for sure, for the most possible money now. And for him, he's gonna get it. I wonder if like the players we talked about earlier, Kimbrel or Keuchel or someone, if they've been offered some of the longer term money like that, and they've scoffed at it, thinking I'm worth more, and then not seeing the market pan out in that way. Yeah, those guys look at it from average annual value, which we'll have to talk about at another di- a time on the show for sure, because it's definitely worth You down it. with AAV? Sure. Who's down with OTP? There you go. Uh, let's move on to the Central. So in the Central, we have the Milwaukee Brewers at 8-2, and two, Pittsburgh raising the Jolly Roger at 5-3, and three, St. Louis at 4-5, and five, the Cubs at two and seven, and the worst team in Major League Baseball at this point in the season, the Cincinnati Redlegs at one and eight. Sam, uh, I'd like to kick off by not talking about how the teams are performing, but talking about the Pittsburgh Cincinnati brawl that happened, amazing. I think, today. Yeah, it was amazing. So Yasiel Puig is a hothead, and he, you know, I, I don't know the specifics, but he went after the Pirates team. The Pirates team starts brawling the Reds team. The bench is clear. The bullpens come out. The best part of this to me, and this is really all I have to add to the conversation, is that there's a picture of the Reds and Pirates brawling, and the Pirates are wearing their old school hats with like the stripes on them, mm-hmm. and they just, they're all bearded, and they actually look like Pirates trying to fight the Reds. <laughs> yeah, they look like absolute savages. And the best part about it is that it's like, the picture makes it look like it's Yasiel Puig taking on all of them himself. It's like I believe the whole it. Team's coming at him. It's great, and he's the only one that cares about him. So right. not surprised. Yeah, we've we've figured this out before. Um, anything else here while we're here? Uh, oh, a couple of things actually. I can't believe Matt Albers is still pitching. 
in this league. Fat Albers? Know. Yeah, dude. Fat Albers has been around for so long. <laughs> what um, team? This league, this division? What are we Brewers. talking about? Yeah, the Brewers. Um, the Brewers feel like they're kind of picked up right where they left off, is all that I can say. They just seem sort of middling so far. They have, like, medium pitching, but statistically really good hitting. But then also there's a couple of pitchers that are, by the numbers, the best hitters on their team, which is always not great to look at. Well, the thing with the Brewers, two years ago, they did real great in the first half of the year and then real terrible in the second half. Then last year, they did real great for most of the year, and then it seems like they kind of sputtered out of gas when it came to the playoffs. So do you think they've made enough changes, tweaks, adjustments in order to get past that? Nope. I don't think they did anything really this offseason of note. And that's problematic. Yeah, adding someone like Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel really would seem to help, actually, probably. I would think. Um, no team's going to get worse by adding either of those guys. So I want to... Uh, so I would definitely... Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I don't think that they're just going to go to complete shit. They shouldn't anyway. I just think it would be a mistake to give someone like Kimbrell a long-term deal like he wants. And Keuchel, for that matter. But I'd give Keuchel three years. Three? Yeah, I could see that. No more than that, though. What would you do money-wise? 60 mil, max. That's pretty good. Yeah. We know it's in there. We know that the talent is in there. He's had a couple of weird years, but he's got Cy Young stuff. They must really not He just like doesn't him. have velocity. That's what a lot of, you know, if you, if you go to a Texas Rangers, like, he doesn't pitch fast enough. Or mm-hmm. Texas Rangers are all about power and speed pitchers, power pitchers, and that wouldn't work, but... uh I'd really like for the Rangers to be all about winning the World Series. <laughs> Good point. I don't care to... what pitching gets us there. I just want the pitching yeah. to get us there. I've got a couple other real quick notes on the Cubs for you, just to round out your hatred or your ragging on the Cubs, because I 100% agree with you. My first I wasn't note, ragging. I was just stating facts. No, 100%. You want me to rag on them? I can call them pieces of shit. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, the first note that I made on my sheet is just P.U. <laughs> <laughs> So, like Pepe Lepew, yeah. like P-U. They're literally their two best players by OPS are two of their catchers, and the third person on that list after that is John Lester. What? Javi Baez no. is really yep. It's there. Javi Baez. Javi Baez. I wrote really good. Four home runs, eight RBIs. Here's one of the biggest problems with the Cubs, though. People like Kyle Schwarber is, are ranked as like the ninth best hitter on this team. That's a problem. That guy should be better than that. He needs more at-bats. To, he needs to be in the American League. He That's the biggest problem. He deals with this every year, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I was at opening day with the Cubs fans, and all of them were saying, man, I wish we had a DH only so that Schwarber could hit every day. I mean, that would make sense, and that's what he needs. We, I feel like you and I have been in that camp for quite some time. How long did we say we are from thinking that the NL is going to institute the designated hitter? Because it was pitched, it was pitched out this past off season. Somewhere between two and three centuries, I think. So <laughs> we'll revisit it in the year twenty four, twenty eight. Okay, fair. Totally right, fair. Let's move on. Let's All right. right. When we go out west, we see the Dodgers of Los Angeles first place at seven and two. The San Diego Padres at six and four. Arizona Diamondbacks getting bit at five and five. The Colorado Rockies can't get high enough at three and six. And the San Francisco Giants take that smash mouth at three and six. Tied for last place four games back. Get them. I love the commentary after each team name. Thank you. You did a great job. 
I appreciate that validation. Most of what I do in life is because of validation. <laughs> the Dodgers are just mashing a ridiculous amount of home runs. After five games, they had like 40-something runs. Yeah, they have 72 runs so far. The next highest... Oh my God, so that's not even true. The second highest runs are the freaking Cubs at 62. Oh, that's in the National League. So, Seattle has 85. Yeah, Seattle has 85. But who'd have thought that the Cubs have the third most runs in this in baseball, and they're 2-7? and seven. Well, they keep giving up errors, and their bullpen is just the worst. It's really um, but the Dodgers are they're doing good. They've got they've got good you know rotation. They've got excellent bullpen. They've got Ho- uh, Jose or Julio Urias, Urias finally yeah. in the rotation. He just he's never can stay healthy though. Is his problem? And he's young for Didn't sure. Did he elect but... for Tommy John's last year or something, or maybe the year before that or something like that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. But still really good though. That guy's got great command on his fastball. Otherwise, smashing the ball. In the West, I'm surprised. I know it's super early. We are 10 games in. We have 152 games left this year. But I'm surprised to see San Diego with a winning record still. San Diego's not doing too bad. Eric Hosmer's actually hitting like he's supposed to. And there, it seems like Hunter Renfro has been kind of on the come up for a while, but just struggled with the health thing again. Uh, he's hitting really well. Machado's playing okay. The pitching is just not great. If you look at their pitching staff, you won't recognize any of the damn names on there. And that's totally were, fair. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple on there, but nothing. Nobody of note that's really that great. So that's be something they have to work through. But I think they've got a lot of pitching in the pipeline. Their farm system's really good. Sam, do you have any final thoughts on the NL West to take us on home? I do not. Go San Francisco. Yeah. Die faster. <laughs> it's such a shame because it's such a wonderful like city. Yeah, but goddamn, those people suck. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing well if you like if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. We are thrilled to have every one of y'all listening. Make sure to check out. We got bl- great blog content. Plus, we have a ton of other wonderful podcasts out there for you to consume and enjoy. Uh, basketball playoffs are coming up soon, so make sure to check out on the break a basketball pod. Plus, if you're into Real Housewives, make sure you check out the newest episodes of Just Peachy. We got tons of great stuff in the hopper for you. Y'all are great. Sensiblyloud.com. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and check us out. We are all over your social media. We also want to remind everybody to give us a call and uh, leave us a message for any questions or anything you want to talk about. That number is 972-885-9361. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 61 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Cow Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.